Welcome to Season 4 of the Social Pros Podcast, where we shine the spotlight on real people doing real work in social media and learn the social secrets of the world's most interesting brands. Social Pros is sponsored by Integrated PR Software from Cision, by the easy-to-use farm builder, FarmStack, by the relational data miner of target customers, Affinio, and by the social marketing promotions and management tool, ShortStack. Your Social Pros co-hosts are Jeff Roars from Salesforce Marketing Cloud and Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. Ready? Let's get to work. Welcome, everybody, to Social Pros, the podcast for real people doing real work in social media. I am, as always, Jay Bear from Convince and Convert, joined, as always, by Mi Amigo, the vice president of Agave for Salesforce Marketing Cloud. It is the one and only Jeffrey K. Roars. Mr. Roars, how are you this fine day? I'm good, but am I VP of Agave? Isn't that like the sweet honey uh, replacement as opposed to Agape, which would mean I am the vice president of love? I think you can be the vice president of whatever you want. And that's the great thing about working at Salesforce Marketing Cloud. You can just pick your own title. It's amazing. Then I'm going to be the uh, VP of both, Honey and Love. Honey and Love. I love their first album. Speaking of people that we love, we have on the show for the first time ever, episode 167. It is one of the finest people on this planet. It is the one and only Mari Smith, who is a Facebook marketing expert, among other things, author of Facebook Marketing an Hour a Day, also the author of the new Relationship Marketing and the lead instructor for Facebook's new Boost Your Business uh, SMB courses. We'll talk to her about that today. Mari, thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, truly my pleasure, Jay. Thanks for having me. It's definitely uh, an exciting time, and you are one of my fave peeps in this space. Uh, That's very kind of you to say. I appreciate that. It is always an exciting time uh, when we think about things Facebook. Uh, My my wife, not knowing I was speaking to you on the show yesterday, said just about an hour ago she logged on to do something. She's like, man, every time I log on to Facebook, it's like totally different. Like, what is up with that? And I thought, gee, imagine that in a business setting and think about what now that feels. So she is is right uh, all about those things. So tell us what you believe the state of Facebook to be today. I've got lots of specific questions uh, to ask you about different facets of the platform, but why don't you tell the folks at home kind of how you're feeling about Facebook right now? Well, um, very strongly, very positively. It's really been an interesting journey for, for many years, but particularly the last probably year or so, we've really seen the organic reach on pages has plummeted dramatically. So it's basically more and more small and medium-sized businesses are realizing they've got to have an ad budget. But then that begs the question, you know, how to place good ads, how to get conversions and uh I think that one of the things that has really heartened me this year with, with Facebook and the, a, a trend that I see is that they're putting much more emphasis on education and customer service, with neither of which have been very strong in the past. <laughs> so um, to your wife's point, absolutely, as a user, it can be really confusing. And actually, as a user, I think that most users don't even know half the features that are at their fingertips. I think they don't even realize that, you know, if they've got, you know, 200 friends, they might only be seeing 20 of those friends in their feed. And so uh, I just have always been a big proponent of, of education, whether it's for the personal users, 
uh, or the business. Really, we're we're all both. And you know, I, yeah. I often will put my personal hat on, and especially when I'm flying through that mobile newsfeed, and I'm like, really, wow, what is this kind of stuff people are sharing? And then, and then I put my business hat on and go, whoa, okay, you can do some stealth research on who's paying to get content in front of your eyeballs and who's you know who's being effective at it and who's not. So it's just yeah, you got to really be nimble. Do you think the the paid budget for small and medium-sized businesses on Facebook is coming at the expense of Google AdWords? Is that is that really the either or in that circumstance? I, I really feel strongly it has to be both and. It, it, it's got to be both. And you can't silo Facebook. You can't really silo your ads. I mean, if you really want to get strong results, the ad budget needs to be spread across the two platforms. But then also really, uh, as you well know yourself, is really studying where your demographic tends to hang out the most. You know, and it's usually it's not going to necessarily just be one platform. You might uh, find that it's it's Instagram and Pinterest or it's LinkedIn and Facebook or Facebook and Twitter. Um, and so also, you know, experimenting with the Twitter ad uh, modules and products that they have. But um, I see, for example, again, as a user, but sometimes I have my both my user and my business hat on and I will see, you know, a colleague or a marketer or a business that um, I'm busy reading a blog post. I'm outside of Facebook, but then I'll see an ad in the middle of this blog post. So I know they're using Google AdWords retargeting and then I'll see a similar ad in my news feed. And like, okay, yeah, that's effective because... Whatever that stat was back in the day, was it something like seven touch, touch points that we had to make in order to, you know, get get a sale or even get a lead? Um, I don't know if you know any newest stats these days, Jay, but I think it must be way like up there, like 20 touch points if we include all the social touch points. Um, you know what I mean? So when you can be strategic with that and really be clever with the the right demographics, the right targeting, blended up with both Facebook. Google and some of the other platforms, and you'll just get much better results. Well, yeah, the, the amazing thing about advertising uh, for small businesses on Facebook is the incredible targeting capabilities, right? I, I mean, I can I can set up an ad to reach only left-handed vampires who live in my suburb uh, and who have bought products from my competition, and that's not really a stretch. And and to think, you know, it would be almost impossible to do that in any other media type other than maybe direct mail, uh, and then of course it doesn't really pencil out to create direct mail pieces for like five people, but you could create a Facebook ad for five people and, and smart folks are doing that all the time. But you said a really interesting thing, Mari, many interesting things, but, but one I wanted to ask you to comment on a little further is that, you know, Facebook has all of these tools, all of this technology, and it's, it really is such a platform now in every sense of that word, but they haven't done a very good job and they continue to do a somewhat poor job of explaining that potential to not only business customers, but, but even personal users. And maybe it's just gotten so big that it's impossible to explain. Uh, but geez, I mean, even, uh, you know, even having a, Hey, you, since you logged on, these are the things that changed kind of message that pops up. I mean, they know when the last time you mm-hmm. logged on, they know what's changed since then. It just seems like they would put more emphasis on explaining the changes to users. Although I should say in fairness, Twitter doesn't do any better. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point, Jay. Gosh, that would be a wonderful service. I think that would be uh, a tremendous uh, asset and uh, or a benefit to to the users and the businesses too. You know, because uh, those of us in the social media profession, it seems that the onus is on us to quickly figure out what the changes are, translate translate that into what does it mean to the business user, what actions should they take, and then you know disseminate that information in a timely manner. Um, and quite frankly, it's a lot of work. <laughs> you know, it would be just easier um, if if we had something much more clear coming from Facebook. But the challenge, though, what I find and what I'm actually excited about these events uh, uh, coming up in the U.S. this year is that Facebook, they're so close to the product. And when they try to explain to their business users, their customers, you know, here's here's how you make best use of the ad product. So here's lookalike audiences and the conversion pixel and the retargeting pixel. And there's the people just get, you know, their heads spin, their eyeballs are twirling and they're going like, okay, but how does that apply to me? What does it even mean to retarget? You know, some of the more basic users, they might not really be as familiar with the benefits of that. So there's just so much more to just understanding the changes and the products. It's like, how do you then translate that into integrating a more holistic approach to your social media marketing to get real measurable results? One of the things that has changed so much on Facebook and really a lot of corners of social media, but Facebook in particular over the last, say, I don't know, 18 to maybe 24 months now is, of course, the rise of visuals. Uh, for a long time, uh, mm-hmm. Facebook was was primarily text and you would uh, send out pithy messages or in your case, pithy messages with a uh, festooned with emojis. You were the best uh, emoji user of anybody I've ever met. Uh, <laughs> if you want to know how to use emojis right, check out Mari Smith. You had to write a book about that. Uh, about that would sell that would sell like crazy actually. Uh, emojis okay. for business. Uh, that's my advice to you. I, I will take just twenty percent of all those book sales. Um, okay. But now, of course, uh, you know you you need to have uh, illustrations or pictures or you know that's why people are using Canva, who's been on the show a couple times, things like that. Uh, and now, of course, uh, we've gotten into the video era, where Facebook video posted uh, natively to the platform tends to outperform uh, other post types. And and as you just mentioned, you know small businesses they're like, hey, do you have the retargeting pixel? And they're like what's a pixel uh and now you're saying hey and if you really want to succeed on this platform you have to create video from scratch and add that like wait what you know i'm just trying to like mm-hmm. make waffles here and now i've got to create video too i mean it's just it's a lot for people to deal with but i suspect that you've seen uh a lot of success with with the visuals and the video as well yes I have, I have, and, it, and one of the things that I really love to focus on for, for my audience, my clients and whatnot, is to not make it too difficult for yourself with the, with this video creation. Um, first of all, quick sidebar, that I have seen studies, uh, one in particular out of uh, social bakers, I, I love those guys out of Prague, uh, they did a lot of great stats and whatnot, but there's an article that went around not that long ago that said that native video on Facebook now gets the top organic reach. It trumps photos, even though there's more photos posted than videos. But uh, but um, and there's more typically more video ads are promoted. I can get you a link to that article if you want. But in any case, so that's great. So we're like, okay, great. All right, so video is all that. But that's not necessarily, again, it's not prescriptive. It doesn't mean, okay, post 100% video and you're going to get, you know, reach tons more fans. You still have to mix it it up and do those, um, you know, text posts, link posts, and photo posts. 
So the beautiful thing though with videos is that you could use um, a simple mobile app like one of my favorites called Flipagram and you just do it's like a photo montage uh, or do maybe a little video montage or an app called Magisto. You can use that mobile or desktop. So do you know what I mean? So it's like I think what happens, especially I'm going to speak for my for my women friends out there. We're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can shoot video because I got to have my my good hair day and my makeup and be camera ready. The outfit, the backdrop, the lighting, the equipment, the editing, the music, the intro, the outro. It's like, oh my gosh, you're just overwhelmed before you even start. And then what am I going to say? And how do I how do I say it in only 30 seconds, uh, you know, or a minute, and try to keep it concise? But by not allowing yourself to get stopped with like trying to eat the whole elephant at once, looking at ways that you can create little short videos that are photo montages, video montages, screencasts. I love ScreenFlow. Uh, there's another one called Camtasia. Those are both great screen capture apps. Um, in fact, you know what, Jay? I just recently even found an app. I played around with it a little bit. That uh, what was this thing called? I'm just looking at my phone here. Uh, uh, shutter song, shutter song. <laughs> you could take a still shot. So you take any photo on your camera phone, and you press a wee button, and you just say something. You narrate it for however many seconds you want, and it turns one single photo into a video. Boom! There you go. No excuses, right? So absolutely. Yeah. I'm all yep. for video, and I've actually even seen reports that uh, Zuckerberg and his crew are saying that um, we will reach a point where where uh, Facebook will be 100% video. I think they're trying to take t- take over TV. Sure, they are, because that's where the real <laughs> money is. No doubt about it. I, that's such right. a great point, Mari, and I'm really glad that that you brought that up. That you know we can redefine what it, what video means, right? Video, quote unquote, it's still a video file type, but it's not moving pictures and and you know cinema style the way we've come to believe uh video can be i think that's great we'll make sure to link up those apps and resources uh in the show notes as well i appreciate that very much um recently facebook rolled out the ability to uh, do threaded replies so that you can reply to an individual uh on a facebook post instead of applying uh, replying to everybody so it's a little bit more sensical in how you can actually have conversations in there and i've already seen that to be a huge uh, a huge win you don't have to tag people as much so that they uh so that you they know that you're not only speaking to them and it's just way more organized uh, do you think there's mm-hmm. a lot of upside there as well well, it's been out on pages for quite some time, uh, the threaded replies, and I love it. It's it's so, so much more easy to follow long discussions for sure. Um, but it just recently started to come onto personal profiles, and I went, might say it came back because I think I had it about a year ago and then it disappeared. So I think they had to do more testing and whatnot. But yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, I really do. And it just makes the conversation um, much more enticing for people to come and join in and, you know, to reply just to that one comment, especially like, you know, if you put something up and if you've got the word congratulations is one of the biggest um, weights for high newsfeed ranking. And typically on personal profiles, I don't know it works as good on pages, but if you've got something that people are congratulating you for, that will get a lot of comments. And so then, you know, you just let some time go by and it's like, well, how do you want to, how do you, intersperse like your reactions or other people's reactions you had to always do it by tagging in the bottom so yeah definitely upsides i like it i do it's funny it's funny you say that you had it and then it went away that's such a classic facebook move right it's like hey surprise feature we're not going to tell you that you had and then we're not going to tell you that we took it away it just sort of like it's like a, a meteor or a comet shooting across the sky it's like a feature comet 
Uh, <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> such an interesting way to roll out product. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, the sort of the differences between the Facebook personal profile and the business profile. You are one of the uh, celebrities out there, uh, business celebrities, who, who has both, who maintains both a Mari Smith personal page and a Mari Smith uh, celebrity page. Uh, talk a little bit about how you think about those pages in parallel and different content that you post to, to each and, and sort of what the wisdom is there in having both. Oh, sure. Absolutely. So I just look at it this way, Jay, that Facebook gives us three opportunities to get content in the newsfeed. Number one is the most common, which is having a personal profile and posting content to your friends. Now, that's obviously, obviously a mutual relationship. You decide who's your friend, who's not. So you post content to friends. The second one is uh, not as common, but uh, and it's a personal choice. If you want to, you can enable this feature on your personal profile. It's called follow. And what that does is allow people who are not your friends to see your content that you post to public. So you're posting it to public anyway. People could come to your profile and see it, but with this follow option, they can sign up and go, yep, every time that person posts, I want to see their content in my newsfeed. All the same algorithms apply, so you won't necessarily see 100% content. But, so that's the second way. So as a business person, you can choose to be real rigorous with your privacy and, and have content going to just friends or friendless or just a few friends. And then you can also have content that's more, you know, um, has a broader appeal uh, and that can go to public for your followers. And then you've got your business page and you're posting to your fans. Uh, really, of course, the fourth way is through the ads. And so I'm always strategic. You know, I remember one time years and years ago, a friend of mine, a business colleague in the internet marketing world, and he, he was analyzing my tweets, unbeknownst to me. He'd kind of gone through and did this whole analysis of my tweet stream, uh, my own tweets. And he's like, Mario, I figured out your phone formula figured out your formula is like I forget the numbers but you see something like you you're like 40% business and 60% personal or whatever the stats were and I just laughed I said no way you got it totally wrong I I'm and he's like oh why was that and I said I'm 100% business and he's like what he was really startled and so I really feel the same way on my personal profile I will post probably about 90% quote personal and 10% business because I just have such a vast range of, uh, I keep my friends at 4,700, I leave a little buffer because I like to add friends when I meet new friends in person, and then I have, gosh, closing in on 500,000 followers, you know, and so I'm like, okay, folks, turn your follower on, even if you once a week post something to, to public, it could get you some more business. And so with that 10% business, like if I'm doing a webinar or a free giveaway or something of these Facebook events, things like that, keeping people up to date with news. Otherwise, I post inspirational, some spiritual, some off the wall. It's where I feel that this is a place where I can really express my personality. And then on my business page, I would say it's 90%, actually it's 90% Facebook marketing tips and news and, and, and et cetera, analysis, and about 10% non-Facebook. And I really don't post much personal at all, ever, really. But it, but it has a personal flavor because I always add in my own, you know, um, interpretation of the different articles that I share. So, so yeah. Hey, Mari, it's Jeff. Uh, Hi, Jeff. I'm, I'm interested in following that up to understand what your recommendation then is uh, to uh, the employees of businesses. Uh, yeah. You know, it's one thing if you're the business owner to maintain, you know, kind of that personal and business divide, but, you know, turn on the follower feature and, and really be on top of it. It's a little bit difficult when you get into a large organization to have that kind of depth of knowledge of how that works in Facebook. So 
what's kind of the, the counsel you give to uh, companies as, as the employee count increases? Yeah, Jeff, good question because interestingly enough, just the other day I shared a post on my page that had some tips about how to boost your organic reach on your page and one of those tips was to share your page posts on your personal profile and I was really surprised by the pushback from my own fan base that was okay some good tips here Mari but no way I don't agree with that one I'm not going to play I work for such and such company and I'm not going to share their page posts on my profile I was like whoa okay really good feedback um, uh, and so yeah it's really going to be you know personal choice depending on the the employer, the social media policy. Um, I've done trainings before for companies. Um, one that springs to mind is uh, labor finders. You know, they place uh, temporary uh, labor workers and they were really wonderful company. Great, great team. And I did the, uh, a series of Facebook effectiveness training for them. And we really focused a lot on exactly your question here, Jeff, is how can these employees of this company, labor finders, actually utilize their personal profiles in a way that can you know direct potential customers potential clients over to their page to their website but without feeling salesy markety uh, we focus a lot on stories you know so they might share a success story and just so it's really feeling like it's part of the company and the culture but I think you know employer employers um, should always give their employees a choice they should never be forced to share anything so if they want to, and they should give them as much guidelines and training as possible because you've got to manage the, the brand and the messaging. And um, another question that I have is, you know, relative to all of the changes, how are you counseling businesses to truly measure value coming out of Facebook? I mean, the ultimate value, obviously, is you did we get conversion in a sale, but there are a lot of success factors and steps that you could be measuring along the lines from audience growth to amplification, et cetera. Um, so how do you, how do you uh, counsel um, businesses to ultimately measure the success in Facebook? Uh, you know, and, and maybe in your answer, talk a little bit about the difference between, say, a small business and somebody who, who is a larger uh, enterprise. Sure, sure, yeah, absolutely. Well, if we cast our minds back, you know, one or two years, um, or probably two years, really, even two or three years, even, the there was so much emphasis on more, is more fans. Everybody's all about get more fans, and whoever has the most fans wins. And then it's you know, it's reach. Okay, get, get tons and tons of free reach, and that uh, number that used to be public facing, the PTAT, people talking about this, is you know, the number of people are engaged with your page and your content. And I saw so many small businesses in particular, small and medium, that were really focused on that PTAT. And I would be doing these webinars, I'd say to people, look, folks, PTAT doesn't pay the bills. Even, you know, just engagement, which it really was what it is, it doesn't pay the bills. A large number of fans doesn't pay the bills. You have got to come up with ways that can directly tie to the bottom line. And so measuring, measuring success in today's Facebook world there's an absolute component of it that's the whole um, pay-to-play. And again, though, see, I just I keep coming back to this education part, which is, you know, why I'm really excited that Facebook's doing this. This is the second year in a row they've done these Facebook trainings on, uh, live and in person. Uh, oh, and actually this year, you know, they released uh, a new kind of uh, self-study video training for, um, for uh, regular businesses, but also for agencies, too. But again, you know, people don't always know about it. So um, 
measuring success in today's world is really about getting those ads right and not just going hitting that boost button, which can be very addictive because Facebook's always putting that in front of you at every opportunity. Oh, did you know this post is performing 92% better than all your other posts? Uh, give us some money to get some more reach. <laughs> but um, I, I kind of say in jest, you know, there's no point in putting money behind a picture of your cat unless you happen to be a cat food or, a, you know, a cat toy company. Uh, or maybe for the time being, your main uh, objective is to boost that engagement so that then you're going to come along with a good offer the very next post or next day. So absolutely, it has to all tie to the end result of getting leads and then having a conversion system in place, which is what you guys are all about, convincing and converting, and uh, you know, ultimately measuring it through monetary means. Um, nonetheless, I know for myself, um, part of my equation for measuring social success is uh, like the number of happy customers, uh, what I call relationship equity and brand sentiment. Those are huge as well. Those can always be turned into cash, uh, and that that take time to nurture and to build and to just really have that positive trust and uh, brand sentiment out there. Uh, a tremendous customer service, you know, just number of happy customers really I think uh -huh. is, is one of the key measures. So um, my last question before throwing it back over to Jay. Um, Facebook has uh, both through acquisition and through uh, uh, organic development splintered uh, its own app or you know, essentially bought more shelf space, if you will, on the mobile devices of fo folks by Instagram, by acquiring WhatsApp, by splitting off Messenger. Um, is that something that uh, you're getting a lot of questions uh, about from some of the businesses you train? And if so, you know, what are uh, some of the, the, the strategic bits of advice that you're giving folks in terms of engaging uh, through those channels as part of maybe an integrated Facebook strategy relative to the full suite of properties they own. Yeah, yeah. Well, WhatsApp, I, I don't have a lot of involvement with that. Instagram is certainly one of the fastest growing social networks, and uh, companies would absolutely do well to have a solid Instagram strategy. In fact, even just beginning to observe what some of the bigger brands are doing on Instagram can be very, very informative. But I, I really want to address the uh, Messenger app because that's really quite fresh and new, and it's such an integral part of Facebook, whereas, you know, um, Instagram, WhatsApp are, are really separate platforms. But um, it's just brilliant. When we can see uh, Mark Zuckerberg, I just think is one of the, the most brilliant visionaries of our time. I have a tremendous respect for him. And for all my Canadian hockey fans out there to use this metaphor about the ability to skate where the hockey puck is going. Like you anticipate the direction in which the trends are moving. And Mark has just had an innate ability to be able to do that for years. Not only that, I like to even jest that, that he gets out there ahead of the curve and places the hockey pup where, where he wants it to be and then he has all of us kind of you know skating there, all the early adopters. <laughs> so if we cast our minds back when you know Messenger was made a separate app, people were like a little bit grumbly but then they forced it as a separate app and people were very grumbly. I was one of them. I'm like really? You're going to force me to have a separate app on my phone? And then Times passed by, they let time go by that people got used to it. And now at the recent F8 conference, the F8 developer conference in March there, they announced that they opened up an API for it. Now you've got all these third-party developers can develop app 
apps for Messenger and the one that I'm most excited about is the integration with online merchants that when people sign up to buy something online they can choose to now communicate with that merchant through Messenger. It's almost as good as having the person's cell phone number because now you can do push notifications, you know, hey Jeff, did you know that beautiful pink shirt that, that you really liked? Well, it's just coming in blue and we thought you might like that too. <laughs> you know, click here to buy it. One click buy or you can track your parcel where it is coming across the country. Um, and it's just the implications of Messenger for Business is huge, huge, huge. I think if we have this conversation this time next year, we'll see uh, tremendous advancements uh, with Messenger. And I think that businesses really need to, to keep their eye on that. In fact, they can go and get on the, I think it's messenger.com slash business uh, and just get on the notification list for you know what's coming down the line with that app. And do you think, Mari, that that's sort of finally the circumstance where Messenger starts to replace some of the things that we use email for now? I mean, certainly we've talked about for years that Facebook will will impact email. It hasn't really happened yet, but but maybe uh, this new, more complete integration of Messenger is is finally that promise taken hold. Well, a good point. I mean, I think it might with businesses, but from a personal standpoint, I think, you know, people are still going to choose the method uh, that works for them. I think, you know, the the teenage demographic in, in today's age prefer texting, you know, and I think that we're still very, very protective about our cell phone numbers and we don't, you know, we might opt into something and if you get, as soon as you get too many text messages, you're going to opt out. But um, I do remember actually Social Media Marketing World, at which you were there as well, of course, and um Excuse me. On the the panel with uh, Guy Kawasaki and uh, Chris Penn and uh, Mark Schaefer, Chris Penn he said this very thing. He said, you know, Facebook has done an amazing job of helping to at least begin the process of replacing email because it solved the problem of having to remember people's email addresses. Of course, you know, Google does the automatic fill-in too, the Gmail. But it's a really good point, and I find that often people will respond much faster uh, using Messenger for already Facebook friends. And so, but here's the thing, the bottom line is that we all have our own unique preferences for methods of communicating. Um, and just actually the other day there, was a, I was reaching somebody, I sent her a public tweet, a direct message on Twitter, and then she replied on Facebook, so I was Facebook messaging her, and then over I saw there was an email, so I was like, three or four, four or five different methods of communication all in the space of a few minutes. Um, so I know actually there's a platform out there off the top of my head, I'm, I'm, I'm spacing the name of it right now, but there's a platform that's being developed and a whole method of communications that's been developed, which is early days yet, that will allow all of those different buckets, if you will, of communication, all those methods of communicating to actually um, kind of fuse and become one. So if I send a text message to you, Jay, but your preference is to get Twitter DMs, it will come to you as a Twitter DM. Pretty far out stuff. Well, yeah, that that idea of one inbox, right? That that wherever the actual channel mm -hmm. is, where where it, where it started, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or uh, or WhatsApp or Messenger app or email or phone or text or skywriting or whatever, uh, that it all ends up in one place uh, is certainly uh, a very powerful concept and, and one that lots of companies have have tried to work on and continue to try to work on because it, it just, from a customer service perspective, uh, it, it makes everything much, much better than it is now where you've got you know disparate silos of information and different teams. You've got an email team and a social media team and a phone team all trying to do the same thing. It's, it's kind of chaos and it's a very inefficient way of dealing with people. Yeah. 
Yeah, it really is. It's a big headache, you know. It really is. It's just, uh, I, and and like you, I mean, I I know I use a lot of different social media platforms and tools, and my clients do, and so on and so forth. But there's like there's the space on the market for like a a one-stop solution, you know, to manage all of these different components and channels and yep. scheduling and assigning, you know, comments to to the appropriate team members and so on and so forth. Well, an excellent segue to talk about our sponsors here on the podcast, including Salesforce Marketing Cloud, who I don't want to speak on behalf of Jeff Rohr as vice president of uh, of handsomeness at Salesforce, but I suspect that they would tell you that they are trying to build that one source solution. And in fact, they're pretty far along. In addition to doing all those things, the Salesforce Marketing Cloud is also a world leader in marketing research. They've got all kinds of great stuff coming out of there all the time. Their blog is terrific as well, as well as their daily email. Uh, the one I want to tell you about is the State of Marketing Leadership Report, where Salesforce uh, surveyed more than 5,000 marketers globally to understand their top priorities for 2015 across all kinds of digital channels, uh, mobile, social, email, etc. Uh, you can find the three most pressing business challenges, top five areas where people are increasing their spending, etc. Lots of trends that you need to be paying attention to in the State of Marketing Leadership Report. And you can grab that now for free at convinceandconvert.com slash three. That's convinceandconvert.com slash the number three. Also sponsoring Social Pros this week is our friends at ShortStack. Uh, speaking of Facebook today in particular, ShortStack has a very interesting uh, piece of content that I really, really like. I just got a chance to read this over the weekend. It's called Five Things Pro Facebook Marketers Do That Other Page Admins Don't. Five things that pro Facebook marketers do that other page admins don't. Lots of tips and tricks and secrets. Uh, five really specific things that advanced Facebook marketers are digging in on that you may not be doing. Take a look at that. Find out what these five tricks are. Go to convinceandconvert.com slash 12. That's convinceandconvert.com slash the number 12. That's from our friends at Shortstack. And last this week, uh, a new ebook from our pals at Cision called How to Succeed with Influencer Relations. Uh, Cision is a leading global media intelligence company. They do social media management. They do influencer ID and outreach, advanced data analytics, customer enrichment, all kinds of stuff. Uh, influencers, of course, are people too. They're not just talking megaphones that you can exploit. Learn how to develop close, mutually beneficial relationships with the people that live and breathe your brand. Grab the How to Succeed with Influencer Relations book from our pals at Cision. That's at convinceandconvert.com slash five. That's convinceandconvert.com slash the number five. Thanks to our pals at Cision. Jeffrey. So Mari, um, I, I'm no expert, but I detect a slight bit of an accent uh, during our interview today, which leads <laughs> to our next line of questioning, and that is your origin story. You can take it in any direction you like, but uh, our listeners are always interested in how our guests got where they are and the strange twists and turns that took them there. So okay. have at it with that open-ended <laughs> okay. question. Sure, sure, sure. Well, uh, I'm Scandifornian. That's what it is. It, uh, I, was born, I was born in Canada to Scottish parents. I lived there for the first 12 years of my life. Um, and I always had a little more of a Scottish accent. I'm a Canadian, but a little bit Scottish because my father in particular has a very broad Scottish accent. Then when I was 12, I moved over to Edinburgh with my dad and my sisters. My parents uh, split up, and my dad got custody of us. He was a single father with five kids. don't know how he did it. Five girls. My goodness, three to 13. <laughs> I was the second oldest. Um, and then... 
So that was me for the next 20 years. And then in 1999, out of the blue, I got this invitation from a long lost friend to come to San Diego, California. And at the time, I was flat broke. I had 50 British pounds in my pocket, a couple of suitcases, and one person here. And I was absolutely determined and just knew I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that there was a whole new life for me. And uh, up to that point, I had predominantly been an employee. I, I worked in a variety of different jobs and sales, marketing and computers and uh, training and so on and so forth and um, admin. And then I uh, was just so determined to become an entrepreneur. And that's really what I did. When uh, I got to the States, I just got so, so, so many lucky breaks. I like to say that luck is the, the definition of luck, as they say, is when preparation meets opportunity. And in all of 98, I had been putting together business plans and talking to um, you know, different investors and whatnot. I was getting ready to launch my own business as uh, in, in training, about personal training um, business, um, personal development skills, what I mean like uh, presentation skills, public speaking, so on and so forth. Uh, predominantly for lawyers, actually. I worked with a lot of uh, attorneys. Um, and then, like I say, just the universe is like, hey, Mari, you're not supposed to do that here in Scotland. Come on over to San Diego. And then, basically, I'm an overnight success, 10 years in the making. <laughs> That's what happened. Just kept putting one foot in front of the other and being very determined. I'm, I'm very blessed with an upbeat and positive personality and a real can-do attitude. And uh, Facebook fell into my lap in 2007. Completely and utterly was just uh, fell in love with the platform. Another defining moment in my life. I just knew beyond a shadow of a doubt there was something powerful, profound, different, unique. Uh, they, they hadn't gotten their first hundred million back then. I think they were at seventy-five. So I mean, that just astounds me. Uh, so you're you're early then in, in in Facebook. You know the promise that it has. How did you prioritize and invest your time to you know build the expertise that you have now? Well, it's interesting because throughout my career, my various different jobs over the decades, um, there's been these two predominant themes, my love of people and my love of technology. So it's building relationships and the internet. And that's when social media just kind of, you know, really started to, to grow and from 2007 to about 2010, just this constant growth. Um, it just was like the industry was just made for the path that I had been pursuing. It was made for the different skill sets that I had. And actually in 2007, the, 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 there wasn't even much of a business presence. But I remember just within a couple of weeks saying to so many of my colleagues and saying that, you know, oh my gosh, have you, are you on this Facebook thing yet? Let me show you how it works. Look at this. You can be friends with all kinds of people and people whose books I would read and whose seminars I'd attend and who, people who had leaders and authors and speakers and who I long admired. And here I am chit-chatting to them on Facebook. And it was like this direct path of uh, to reach people with no barriers, you know, it's like you didn't have to go through uh, administrators and secretaries and, you know, gatekeepers and whatnot. We would just be able to reach them directly. So that was my angle for quite a long time was really using it uh, predominantly as a networking tool to reach the exact people that you wanted before ads, before pages, before much business was going on. Um, but then I remember in late 07 when Facebook opened their doors to app developers and there was all this grumbling and all and people would say uh oh this is it's going to turn into myspace and you know the deal when the marketers move in the members move out and i never forgot that and i would say to people well you know what the secret to success therefore is you've got to first think and act like a member first and then a marketer second 
and you really have compassion and empathy and understanding of how the users feel and you're not going to go jumping all over there and try to be too pushy or salesy or old school or one-way marketing. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't ask how you got your sunny disposition in uh, what is traditionally gloomy Scotland and then you moved to beautiful sunny San Diego. <laughs> it helped me understand that and, uh, and and how was that from a personal standpoint? How did that change your own personal sociability? Well, I'm glad you asked that. I mean, uh, for people who are into astrology, I'm a Leo um, on the Myers-Briggs. I'm an ENFJ, so I'm a natural extrovert. I just, I, I love to connect and chat, but I used to, and then I've done a, a lot of development of myself, a lot of personal development, a lot of spiritual growth, healing my inner child, just really over the years. I'm in my late 40s now, and I'm just like, you know, getting more and more comfortable in my own skin, more self-acceptance, and I find that the more inner work I do, the more my outer world reflects that. And I remember, gosh, in the late 90s, people would say to me, why Why are you always smiling? Why are you always sunny? It's a gloomy day today. Yeah, another one. <laughs> and I would just say, you know, it might be raining and cloudy outside, but on the inside, the sun's shining in my heart. <laughs> I would just have this, I just was always like cheerful. Uh, my mother was the same. She has a very cheery, cheery disposition. So who knows? Maybe she's a Leo as well. Maybe I got it from her. <laughs> now, Mari, I believe that in addition to uh, your your varied background in Facebook and online, you at one point were a master cake decorator. I, I, I need to know more about this because this is a, a part of your background that I was not familiar with. That, that And you were not just like, hey, I can make a nice cake for my kid's birthday party or whatever. Like you were doing like professional cakes and weddings and, you know, things like that. The next event uh, that you and I are at together, uh, I think we're going to have some sort of cake thing on the side. There's going to be a cake breakout. A cake uh, off. A cake off. Let's do a cake off. A cake off. I love it. I love it. So tell me that story. That is amazing to me. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you asked that. This is not really something that I I've speak about much out, out there in the world. But my father was a master baker. I grew up in a little bakery and tea room, and so I was always, uh, you know, I do have a sweet tooth. But um, I'm very artistic and creative, and, and my dad really encouraged me to, to be artistic. And I went to night school for three years in my 20s, and I had a little side business making novelty cakes and wedding cakes and handcrafting uh, flowers and you name it. I just would say to people, I could take any animate or inanimate object and turn it into a cake using like a uh, fondant icing rule out or piped or uh, I have a little album actually of it. Um, and a sweet friend of mine was saying to me recently, I was sharing this um, album of cakes, uh, and he said to me, Mario, you know, the way that, the, the love and the care and the attention and the, the detail that you put into your cakes, that's really how you do life. That's how you do your Facebook training. That's how you do your, you know, how you're out there in the world. You really pay a lot of attention and care and, and, and love and effort into what you do. And I'm like, oh, that's an interesting parallel. Thanks for seeing that. <laughs> Oh, that's a that's a very sweet sentiment. I love that. That's very, very nice. I want to see the portfolio. You got to send us a picture so we can put it in the show notes. Okay, send us send us send us an amazing cake photo so we can put it in the show notes uh, for the blog post of the podcast. I will, so the folks, I will. folks who listen will will okay. know that this is that this is true. Uh, I'm going to ask you the two questions that we ask every single guest here on the Big Social Pros podcast. Are you ready, Mari Smith? I'm ready. Question number one. What one tip would you give somebody looking to become a social pro? Gosh, become a social pro as in uh, an expert in the industry and teaching others yes. how to get results? Yes. I would say 
I would say really creating your own uh, body of work, creating content in all different formats that even, I mean, you could even start simple with Twitter and, uh, and Facebook and becoming a, a terrific curator, content curator as well as creator. But when you're curating content, I, I think one of the best tips is not to just go, here's a great post, here's another great post, oh, here's another great post, is to really actually have an opinion about it, to share your own thoughts, your own spin, your own opinion, your own perspective, and, and really begin to, to get known for um, being a trusted, reliable source of great information and be able to provide, um, you know, just being a breath of fresh air to all the chaos and the, the fire hose of information that's out there, uh, and really um, focus to go, go an inch wide and a mile deep, not the other way around, and uh, focus I love is an acronym, follow one course until successful. Well, that's terrific. I love that advice of adding value in your content curation. I, I couldn't believe more or couldn't agree more, I should say. And and this notion of uh, of focus is is important. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people told you you were crazy uh, to build a business primarily around Facebook. Obviously, you help people with other platforms and tools as well, but you are known as a Facebook mm -hmm. expert and, and doing training for Facebook. And so mm -hmm. I'm sure people are like, why would you possibly only want to work on one thing? That's that's insane. Why would you want to limit uh, your field? But but then you actually have disproportionate expertise in that one thing, right? It's uh, it's crazy like a fox, as they say. <laughs> right, right, exactly, Jay. You know, it's funny though. Back in the day, gosh, I don't know, maybe a few years ago now, but I remember reading the odd comment here and there that people would say, "Gosh, you know, if anything ever happened to Facebook, Mari would be out of a job." And I would just laugh and go, "Hello." Well, first of all. There was life before Facebook, you know, and I was creating information products and doing email marketing and online marketing, and that's certainly not going to go away. And I just so happen to be crazy about Facebook, and I love it, and I don't think it's going anywhere, but I do. I diversify, but I also um, lead with Facebook. You know, it's just it's really a passion. Well, and certainly you can fall back on this whole cake thing, too, so you got that going for you. <laughs> Like <laughs> I think a food truck in San Diego selling Mari Smith uh, famous fancy cupcakes that are decorated with very specific emojis would be a huge idea. I would be happy to uh, invest That's in that startup. Brilliant. You just let me know. And then we'll franchise it. Yep, I'll come up with the perfect recipe. We'll license it. I'm going to go in Shark Tank. I can yep. see it now. I can see it now. Uh, filled with Mari Zapan. Maybe that we'll go with that. It's a special almond paste. <laughs> so funny that one's free <laughs> okay last question last question for you mari if you could do uh, a skype call with any living person uh, who would it be and why mm. well first name that popped in my mind was richard branson i just admired him for decades and uh i have met him before but not not, not in a place where i could just sit down and have a one-on-one -on -one chat for a while but uh why I would say just I, I have tremendous admiration for how he just continuously pushes the limits of what's possible. Uh, he's just a tremendous human being that is a tremendous uh, leader and uh, with great compassion for the planet, for animals, for women in particular. He's such a champion for women leadership. So he would be my choice, my first choice. That would be fantastic. Next time you see him, uh, please put a bug in his ear about coming on the Social Pros podcast. We'll try and hook that up. All right, we'll we'll. we'll uh... Oh, no problem. You got it. I'm sure he's got nothing better to do, uh, Mr. Branson. <laughs> yeah, where's the Virgin podcast? Let's do that. There's, there's there Virgin everything else, right? There should be Virgin podcast. Exactly. I'll volunteer for that. 
Mari, congratulations uh, on the new courses. Where can people go uh, if they want to sign up or, or find out more about the cities and the dates and the times and all that? Uh, directly to Facebook, the quick link is fb.me slash boost. Uh, they can also find out about it on my own website, marismith.com, and find out a little bit more about what I'm doing there. And this, yep, yeah, basically four cities throughout the U.S. throughout this year, and I'm sure they'll be very, very popular, and uh, I'm seeing a lot of demand for other cities. So who knows? World Tour next, right? That would be exciting. Very good. I will be over in uh, Scotland this summer, so I'll be calling you for Scotland tips. Outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah. Hey, maybe we're going to the same event. I see I'm, going there. To the, uh, I'm going to the Open Championship with my dad and my son in St. Andrews. So, oh, uh, look I, at you. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we're actually staying in, uh, in Edinburgh, it. taking the bus up. So I will, uh, I'll be calling you for tips. I haven't been there for 25 the years. So I'm looking forward to it. You, you going to St. Andrews? Yes, I am. Oh, I love it. Yeah, glorious part of the world. Wow, neato. Well, I'm going in July. I'm going to speak in uh, Manchester, and then I'm going up to visit family in Scotland, so that'll be fun. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Have a fantastic summer if I don't see you. Uh, hopefully I will, but if I don't have a fantastic summer, thanks for all you do uh, for small business and everybody. You are uh, a true leader in the field, and we appreciate your time and you coming on the Big Social Pros podcast. Oh, truly my ple- pleasure, yes. Much love to you and your peeps. Thanks. Jeffrey, who's on the show next week? Uh, I'm going to have to work hard, I guess, to get Richard Branson, right? Okay, Richard Branson. We, I'm sure we could turn that around in a week, no problem. Uh, piece of cake. We'll, uh, sure. we'll let you know. Uh, as always, folks, thanks for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. If you haven't had a chance to review the show, uh, we would love for you to do that on iTunes. Uh, as you know, all the archives of every episode, 167 of these, is available at socialpros.com. This show and more than 600 other podcasts are available at marketingpodcast.com. It's Google for podcasts. Owned by yours truly, Jay Bear. I am Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. He is Jeff Roars from Salesforce Marketing Cloud. This, as always, has been Social Pros. Thanks for listening to Social Pros. Please leave a review or subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to socialpros.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Social Pros is sponsored by Salesforce Marketing Cloud, Shortstack, Affinio, Farmstack and Cision, and is produced by Convince and Convert. Find more great shows like Social Pros at marketingpodcast.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts.